Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for giving us this day. I pray that you use me as a vessel and use this message the way that you want it to be used. And I pray that this message touches those who need to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. So the title of my sermon today is called, What is Love? Love has been viewed very differently throughout time, and I believe in today's society, people are viewing it the very wrong way. I've seen my friends who have started dating someone, and within the first couple of weeks, they're saying, I'm in love with this guy, I'm gonna marry him. <laughs> and then the next couple of weeks, they end up breaking up. That's not love. So tonight, I want to bring us back to the biblical definition of what love is. And I also want to talk about who we are called to love and how we can actually love them. So what does love actually mean? For the biblical definition, we can look at the most popular verse on love, which is 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7, which reads, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. I believe this is a very good definition of what love is. But I also believe one of my favorite Disney sidekicks gives a pretty good definition of what true love is. In the movie Frozen, Anna had been struck in the heart with her sister's ice powers, and the only way to save her was through an act of true love. Anna thought she had true love in Hans, who she had just met the day before, but he was just using her to get to the crown. He locked her in a room after finding out she needed to have an act of true love and left her to freeze to death. But Olaf comes to her rescue. So, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie, Anna ends up living. You can rest easy knowing that she does live. But Olaf said what true love is in the best way. Olaf said putting someone else's needs before your own is true love. So now that we have defined what love is, I pose the question of who are we actually called to love? We are called to love God and others, but we are also called to love ourselves. So first we are called to love God. Everyone say love God. Mark chapter 12, verse 30 says, And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. So we are called to love God with all that we are. And this is not a suggestion. This is a commandment straight from the Bible. This commandment is so important that it is found in all three synoptic gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And if you didn't know, synoptic gospels are basically the same story told in different viewpoints. But this commandment is found in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 and 38, Mark chapter 12, verse 30, and Luke chapter 10, verse 27. God doesn't make us love him. He gives us the choice of loving him, but as children of God, we should love him because of all he has done for us. And not only do we need to love him, but he loves us no matter what we have done past, present, or future. He loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us. We should all know John 3.16, one of the most popular verses in history. 
For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. So he loved you so much, he gave up his Son for you. I know for myself, I don't know how God could love me when I don't deserve it, but he loves us unconditionally. He loves us no matter what we may have done in our past. He loves us no matter what we're doing today, even when we don't love him. He still loves us. And he will continue to love us even when we may not love him in return. So everyone say, love God. Next, we are called to love others. Say, love others. The very next verse in Mark chapter 12 talks about how we are to love others. Mark 12, 31 reads, The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So along with loving God, with all that we are, this commandment, not a suggestion, a commandment, is also found in all three of the synoptic gospels. It is found in Matthew chapter 22, verse 39, Mark chapter 12, verse 31, and Luke chapter 10, verse 22. In these passages of scripture, loving God and loving others are always coupled together, and there are commandments, not suggestions. We are called to love others, and we should love all of God's children, even when we may not like them. We should always love them. Because he created them and us in his image. So why shouldn't we love them? It can be hard sometimes. I know. But if God commands it, we need to listen to it. We don't want to be like the Israelites in the Bible who just disobeyed everything that God said, basically. Like when he told them to go into the promised land and take it, they didn't go. They got scared because the 10 out of 12 spies saw. They saw the giants and all the kings and kingdoms that they had to conquer and were scared. So since they disobeyed God and didn't go into the land and conquer it, they had to wander the wilderness for 40 years before they could ever go into the promised land like God wanted them to. So it is very, very wise to listen to God's commands and follow them. So we need to love God love others, and finally we need to love ourselves. As it says in Mark, we are to love our neighbors as ourselves, but how are we going to do that if we don't actually love ourselves? Personally, I have always struggled with loving myself. I have always been a bigger girl. Ever since I was a kid, I've always been overweight. I have tried all of the diets and exercises. I've been to nutritionists. Nothing really seems to work. And I've always been jealous of those who have always been smaller than me and skinnier. I look at the people on TV shows, movies, magazines, celebrities, all that stuff. And I said, the only way to be loved is to look like those people. Because I didn't like the way I looked. I always tried to make myself look prettier by wearing cuter clothes, doing my hair just the right way, wearing makeup. I thought that would make me more lovable and someone would love me one day. And that's what the enemy kept trying to tell me, that if I looked prettier, you would be lovable. If you looked prettier, someone would love you. 
And even though my parents would tell me time and time again that you are loved, I couldn't believe it. Because the enemy was trying to attack me and say, you're not loved because you don't look like these people. Finally, after many years, I finally realized that those were all lies from the enemy. I realized that God loved me for who I am, no matter what I may look like, what I have done, anything. He created me the way that I am supposed to be and how I am supposed to look. Psalm 139, 13 through 14 says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. And Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 reads, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So we are all beautifully and wonderfully made, like it says in the Bible. And we are created in his image. And I know sometimes it can be hard, hard to believe. Because, trust me, I know. And it can be hard to love ourselves. But if God loves us so much that he made us in his own image and sent his son to die for us, why shouldn't we love ourselves? I think all of us could work on loving ourselves just like he loves us. And we should be an example for those around us on how to love ourselves. I have seen many young people struggle with loving themselves that so much that they decide to starve themselves to look like the people in the media. Or they are just very down on themselves and they start believing the lies of the enemy. But we need to tell them that it is not true. It is a lie. God made them the way that they are supposed to be, and we need to remind them how beautifully and wonderfully made they are. So everyone say, love God. Love God. Love others. Love others. And love yourself. Love yourself. I want to give you practical application of how to actually do these things because I like practical applications. So, a way to love God is by digging deeper into the Word of God and spending time alone with Him. I challenged the kids a couple of weeks ago in kids' church to find a space in their house, wherever it may be. It can be in a closet, on their bed, beside their bed, wherever it may be, and get alone with God. That is their spot to get alone with God dig deeper into his word, and thank him for all he has done. And I want to challenge you all to do the exact same thing. Find that space in your house where you can get alone with God, dig deeper into his word, thank him for all he has done. So I hope you all do it. I'm going to ask you next week if you have done it. So, how can we love others? A good way to love others is just by helping them or being there for them. I know I feel most loved when someone is just a listening ear so I can get all the stuff off my chest. And that is a very good way to love others. And in order for us to truly love others, we need to love ourselves 
And I have learned that a good way to love myself is through self-care. We all need a little self-care sometimes. Self-care is taking care of your body physically, socially, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. So physically can be eating healthy, exercising, going on a walk outside, whatever it may be. Socially can be hanging out with friends or family, watching a movie with them, talking with them, going out and doing something fun. Mentally, it's just taking a break from whatever you're doing. I like to watch movies or TV shows, read a good book, but those are things to do mentally. Spiritually, it's just digging deeper into God's word, focusing more on him, whether that be through reading the Bible, worship, prayer, whatever it may be. And emotionally, it's just getting some things off your chest. Find someone you trust and just let it all out. Even as pastors, you need to let it all out. Everyone needs to do that. Another way you can love others and yourself is by not talking negatively. I've heard people say, I am fat, I am not good enough, I am dumb, I will never be as good as such and such over there. But we don't need to be saying those things. Because life and death are in the power of the tongue. We need to say things like, I am made just the way God made me to be. I am made in his image. I may not have the talents that this person has over here, but I have the talents God designed for me. I may have to work harder at something more than other people, but I can do it with God's help, like it says in Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So don't talk negatively about yourself. I have to watch myself do it sometimes. It's important not to talk negatively because those around you will start to talk negatively about themselves, and especially younger kids. And we do not need to be teaching them those things. So, in closing, I want to reiterate the three people you are to love, and I want you to repeat it after me. Love God. Love God. Love others. Love others. Love yourself. God loves us so much, even when we mess up, because everyone messes up, nobody's perfect. We should love others, no matter what the circumstance, and we should always love ourselves, because we are all made in his image. And finally, all you need is love. So I want to go into a time of personal reflection. This is just between you and God. And I want you to reflect on the things that you have heard and allow him to speak to you. It can be at your seat, at the altar, wherever you would like to do it.